0: Yeah, praise the Lord. Come on, somebody. Let's just give the the Lord a a shout, clap, hand of praise. Thank you, worship team, once again. And thank you to my lovely, beautiful, amazing wife, Nina, for hosting us today. You got a few ow ows. Um, And welcome, everybody, online. Thank you for joining us for Church Online. We honor you. We welcome you. Come on, let's give it up for everybody online in the house and in their house today. So glad that we we're able to have church in both locations and, uh, and, and worship God. And so uh, I'm honored to be back up here and jump into this series today. If this is your first time here, my name's Hayden Ratner. I'm the senior pastor here at Walk Church. I serve alongside such an amazing team and family. And so I'm ready and hungry to jump into the Word here today. So if you're ready, say ready. ready. Come on. If you're hungry, say let's eat. Before we eat, I just want to go ahead and shout somebody out, um, just because I just w- I felt like her praise was just contagious. I want to shout out our drummer, Rebecca. Where's Rebecca at? Rebecca's over there in the back. She's got her hand up, but I was standing here in the front, and Nina goes like, yo, Rebecca's like, in, she's in the zone right now, worshiping on the drums, and, um, and we honor you. We welcome you. We're, we're grateful for you. Rebecca, thanks for leading on our worship team and just know your family. So, amen. Let me go ahead and jump into the word here. Come on, if you're ready one more time, say, Ready? ready. Well, let's pray. God, speak to us through your word. We're ready to eat, God. We're ready. We can't wait any longer, God. We got to jump in. We're hungry. So, Lord, speak to us, teach us, and God, may you get the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Well, we're in our series titled The God of More. God has more for us, and that comes out of Ephesians 3:20. In Ephesians 3:20, that first part of that verse says, "Now to him who is able to do far more." And so I'm reminding us every single week that God is able to do not just more, but far more. He has the ability to go beyond where we can go in our own selves. And so I don't know about you, but I want us to tap into all of uh, the more. And so I'm, I'm getting ready to do that, but I keep, I keep getting distracted because I love shouting people out and I love people here at this church. And so let me just go ahead and shout out my guy, Todd Snyder. It's his birthday today, yesterday. So you, come on, man, you take it. Take it, bro. Take it. I can't, I can't move, move on until I give you a shout out, man. I love you, bro. You and Tammy both grateful for you guys. And so we're talking about more, more birthdays, more life, more vision that God has for us and our church and our city in our nation, in our world. And so as I think about what God's doing in our nation, I really believe that we need to experience the God of more here in this country. Amen? We live in the United States of America, but I don't know if America would be be defined as united right now. I sense that there's a lot of division, a lot of hostility, a lot of turbulence and trouble. And with that said, we need to experience healing. And when I think about that, I think that well, God has a prescription for healing in the Bible, and so that's what led me to Second Chronicles seven fourteen. And here's what Second Chronicles seven fourteen says. Come on, feel free to read it with me. Ready? One, two, three. If my people pray, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. God in this one text is giving us a prescription, a remedy, a step-by-step guide to experience his more and his healing. And so I do know, I want to make sure that, I, that we're all aware that this was a specific text written to a specific group of people in a specific time, in a specific location in Israel. However, from Genesis to Revelation, you can find these different principles on display that activate God's more. And so I want to go ahead and talk about those. Last week, we talked about people that humble themselves, how humble people right, lead to God's more. Right? God tells us in his, in his scriptures in Isaiah 66, he says, my eyes are on those who are humble. He tells us in other places, I save those who are humble. I lead those who are humble. I'm with those who are humble. I guide those who are humble. I give wisdom to those who are humble. I give favor to those who are humble. In other words, God wants to do more through humble people. We got that. If we got to say, I got it. Well, this second point today if my people who are called by my name, that's us Christians, we bear the name, we take the name of Christ as our own. And if you haven't received Jesus yet, today's the day for you to get on the winning team. Right? You can read the end of this book. And you can find that there's only one name that comes out victorious, and he doesn't get reelected or anything like that. He's already elected since the beginning of this world, has found. He is sitting on a throne, and he is the king of kings, right? That's him. His name's Jesus. You want his name. Like, you want to cash in this that check, and they're like, yo, who signed that? Jesus did, right? He's, he's got all authority. He's in control, and we're, we're called by his name. And so... God wants to do more through humble people, but today's sermon, I want to go a step further. Not only does God want to do more through humble people, but God wants to do more in our nation through praying people. He says, those who are called by my name, if they would humble themselves and pray. I love that right there. Jesus says, just being humble alone won't get the job done. That won't activate my more at the level that I'd love to see it. He says, the second thing is that you need to talk to me. Come on, let's just highlight this. If, if they would just pray and seek my face, he says. I think if we do an examination, and inventory, we're seeking so many different things. Oftentimes, we're seeking approval, right? We're seeking likes and retweets and comments. We're, we're seeking more stuff. We're seeking more of our own self. We're seeking more of others, But God says, if you'll seek my face and pray, what will happen is God's going to do more. What's He going to do? Well, He's going to hear from heaven. He's going to forgive sin. He's going to heal land. These are things that we need in our nation here today. And so I want to talk about God wants to do more in our nation through praying people. Now, before you tap out and you think, okay, another sermon on prayer, I already know, Pastor, I don't pray enough. I already know I should pray more. I already know prayer is in the Bible. Before you tap out, I want you to, to give me some benefit of the doubt and say, all right, I wonder if there's still more I could learn. Maybe today you could say, you know what, maybe, let me take this humble position and posture. There's something that I can get from this word. There's something I need from this word. Maybe one thing you need is like, maybe you're like me, I just need more motivation to pray. Amen. I need more of a desire to pray. I need more of a, I know prayer is the answer, but I need to just find more of that, and I pray that God would maybe give that to you through this word here today. If you've got a Bible, turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 2, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 6 as a guide for God wants to do more through praying people. Paul starts out in this letter to Timothy. Paul is a church-planting pastor, apostolic leader. Paul is planting churches all around the land. He has a disciple under him named Timothy, young Timothy, a Greek man who came to know Jesus because he had a praying mom and praying grandma, Lois and Eunice, and they led him to the Lord, and now Paul's writing this letter to Timothy, and here's what he says. He says, first of all then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and for all who are in high positions. That we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good. Come on, everybody say, this is good. Come on, louder. This is good. This is good. And it's pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all which is the testimony given at the proper time. We see in this text that Paul is instructing Timothy on how to live as a Christian. He's saying these are some principles that you should consider in your Christian life. He starts off by saying this. I want to go ahead and highlight this first part. First of all, I love that right there. I love how Paul says, first of all, this should be something that, us, that we, we lean into, all right? When you see first of all, you should say, okay, let me, let me take notes. When you see first of all, you should say, okay, let me order everything else around and under this. He says, first of all, then I urge that supplication, prayers, and intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people. I love how Paul reminds us in this text that prayer isn't a good option. That prayer isn't a priority. That prayer is the option and prayer is the priority. Prayer isn't something you do after you've done everything else. Have you ever heard somebody say that before? They say, you know what? The only thing left that we can do now is pray. It sounds super spiritual, but it's super not biblical. It's like, yeah, you're right, man. No, no, prayer is, that's first stuff. Prayer gets the first amount of energy. Prayer gets the first task in our lives. I know that happened for me recently, Right? I don't know about you, but maybe this past week you did your civil duty. You cast your vote for president of the United States. And then after that, you thought maybe like me. All right, now we just need to pray whatever side you are on. Like, hold up. God says, no, you're supposed to pray first. (laughs) You were supposed to pray before you even decided. You were supposed to pray before you even got in your car. First of all, everybody say, first of all, pray first. Come on, look at the person next to you and say, hey, friend, pray first. And then look back at him and say, no, you pray first. You pray first. First of all, I love that. He goes, now that I've got your attention, Paul's like, hopefully everybody's leaning in. Hopefully everybody's listening. Hopefully everybody's focused. He says, I urge. I love that. Paul says, I have an urge. What does urge mean? This word urge, I I found five different definitions and synonyms for this word, I'll just read a few. The word urge means to exhort someone, to beg someone, to entreat someone, to beseech someone, to strive with someone, to encourage someone, to instruct someone. These are all the different things that Paul's trying to unlock for us when he says, first of all, I urge. Okay, now what do you urge, Paul? What are you begging for? What are you beseeching for? What do you want us to see today at the walk warehouse? We came for a reason. What do you want? What are you calling for? Here's what he says. That supplication, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for some of the people. Would I say it wrong? Let me rewind. (laughs) And thanksgiving be made for people I like. People that have the same convictions as me. People that vote like me. People that look like me. All people. Paul says, look, there's no uh, segregation when it comes to prayers. It shouldn't be. (laughs) That we should be praying people. And God says that when we begin to become praying people, God says, I'm going to do more in this nation. God says, if my people would humble themselves and pray, you're going to see me do more. And the prayers not, should, shouldn't just be for people you love. What good is that? Jesus says, even lost people do that. He says, but what happens when you pray for your enemies and you pray for lost people? You pray for people that don't look like you and don't talk like you and don't vote like you. What happens when you pray for all people? Well, what about the kings that are doing evil things? Well, he says, pray for them too. Well, what about all who are in high positions? Well, he says, pray for them too. That we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good, walk church. And it's pleasing in the sight of God our Savior who desires all people to be saved. God is in heaven and his spirit is here. And he's a big God. He's a loving God. He's a gospel God. He's a good news God. And he's looking at people and he's saying, I want all people to be saved. I want your friends to be saved. I want your family to be saved. I want babies in the womb to be saved. I want 30 and 40 year olds to be saved. I want people in all ages and colors and brackets of life to be saved. I want people in India to be saved. I want people in Africa to be saved. I want people on D Street to be saved. I want people in South Summerland to be saved. I want people in your school to be saved. He's this is God, amen. He says, let it start with praying people. He says, I urge then that I urge that supplications and prayers and intercessions and thanksgivings be made for all people. The reason why we're not experiencing the power of God like we desire to experience it is because we struggle with prayerlessness. I was reading R. Kent Hughes as he wrote on this passage, and here's what Hughes said. He said, there's little doubt that the slow progress of the gospel is due to prayerlessness more than anything else. God works powerfully through prayer. Friend I want you to catch this, don't let this just be another sermon on prayer. Let this be a moment where you, it, it moves you to do something. God wants to do more through praying people. I want you to be reminded of the God who we're praying to, that God is a big, big God. I mean, we need to sing some of those kids' songs again. He's a big, big house with lots and lots of rooms, amen? Like, this is our God who we're talking to. And this big God leans in and bends down, and he says, okay. I want to do more now. I remember reading an excerpt from John Stott, an English pastor who pastored All Souls Church. And he once wrote about an experience he, said, he had. He said, Some years ago I attended a public worship service in a certain church. The pastor was absent that day on a holiday, and a lay elder led the pastoral prayer meeting. He prayed that the pastor might enjoy a good vacation, which was fine, and that two lady members of the congregation might be healed, which was also fine. We should pray for the sick. But that was all. The intercession had hardly lasted 30 seconds. I came away saddened, sensing that this church worshipped a little village god of their own devising, that there was no recognition of the needs of the world and no attempt to embrace the world in prayer. They missed it. That Stott is saying, hey, let's not act like we worship a little village God who can maybe get some stuff done. But we have a big God, right, who gets the glory, who's the king above kings, and who asks us, who calls us, who invites us to pray. Like, by now, I would think that God was like, yo, like, I'm not listening to you guys anymore. Like, no more prayers. But we have the exact opposite in this book. We see a God who says, please. Call upon my name and you will find me. And he gives us in this one passage in 1 Timothy chapter 2, he gives us th- this description of how we should pray. I caught something as I was studying for this sermon. I, I, I was under the impression that, you know, we should just pray. And I had an idea of what that looks like. But in this text, he gives us four different expressions of prayer. He says there's actually different types of prayer. Check this out. First of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people. In other words, God is giving us four different ways to pray. I want to put them up on the screen, and hopefully these four would be helpful for you. And you might say, you know what? I learned something about prayer today, and I want to go ahead and execute what I learned. Supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings. Let's start with supplications. What does this word mean? This is a big biblical word that I hadn't fully grasped until I actually looked it up, and I want to encourage you, look it up. Here's what I define supplication as. Asking God to do the impossible. Supplication is for the impossible prayers. Anybody have some impossible prayers? Anybody have some people in your life where it's like, man, it's impossible for them to change. It's impossible for them to get saved. Those are the ones that God says, tap into supplication. Come on, beg me. Show up every day. Knock on my door. Bang on my house. God, I need you to do it over and over and over again. Paul says, first of all, when it comes to prayer, supplication. And I want us to tap into more supplication prayers, walk church. Like if you have an issue with President Trump or if you have an issue with President-elect Joe Biden and you're not supplicating on their behalf, you don't have a reason or right to complain. But if you're bringing that to God, right, you're tapping God in to do things that are impossible for us to do on our own. Amen? I've been moved during this season in my prayer life. God is saying, what's your supplication look like? Not just prayers. We're We're getting there. But supplications. Let me give you a, a biblical example of supplication. If you read in the book of 1 Samuel, you'll find a praying woman named Hannah. And this word supplication is attributed to her prayers. It says that she was praying that she would have a baby, but then her prayers moved to supplications where she started crying out with desperation, begging God, and she began supplicating to the Lord, God, I'm praying every day that you would give me a baby, that you would do the impossible. You did it for Sarah. You did it for Rebecca. You did it for Rachel. You did it for them. What about me? And she just wasn't getting pregnant. It said her womb was barren. And so one day it said God heard her supplications, And she gave birth to a little boy named Samuel who would become a great prophet, and she dedicated him to the Lord. It was a supplication prayer, right? We find prayers and supplications on display in the New Testament as well in Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18, it says, he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray. So Jesus now is giving us a parable on prayer. Are you ready? If you're ready, say ready. He says, he says, Here's a a parable on how to pray and to not lose heart. He said, In a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while, he refused. But afterward, he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I'll give her justice, right? So that she, next verse, will not beat me down by her continual coming. This judge is like, man, I just feel beat down. This lady just keeps banging on my judge door and keeps bothering everybody that works here. What does she want? What's her name? Jesus is giving us this parable on how we should pray. This is the picture of supplication. Hear what the unrighteous judge says. Jesus says, if he was an unrighteous judge, how much more will the righteous judge do good? He says, he will not give justice to his elect who will cry to him day and night. But see, here's the problem. We're not crying day and night. We could take a lesson from this woman. We're not banging on the the heaven's gate enough to get God's attention, he says, I want to see who's desperate, who's hungry, supplication. Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes to walk church, will he find faith here? When the Son of Man comes to earth, will he find faith? And I've been convicted over this sermon that I, don't, I think we're a church that prays, but I don't know if we're a praying church. Like we we pray, we pray at groups, we pray in church, but but friends, I want us to be a praying church. A church that's so hungry for God and so hungry for the heart of the Father that we are a praying house. Jesus in another text says, My house, do y'all know it, shall be called a house of preaching. No, I didn't hear that. A house of prayer. Maybe our, maybe our ordering is wrong in the house. Our house, my ha- Jesus says, my house will be a called a house of worship. No. My house will be called a house of singing. No. My house will be called a house of prayer. That God is looking for something in his house. Will he find it here? And my prayer is that he would, that we would be a praying church. This is what supplication prayers are. Look like it looks like this woman going to the unjust judge every single day, banging on his door, getting his attention. It looks like Hannah banging on God's door, asking and petitioning for a baby. I'm not saying that that's a verse that, you know, that's the prescription for how to have a baby. God has his own timing and his own way and his own journey for everybody. That wasn't everybody's story in the Bible, but it just happened to be Hannah's story when it came to supplication. We see another lady named Anna. In the New Testament, who was praying every day at the temple for the Messiah. She was fasting. She would not leave the temple. She was worshiping. She was praying. She was a woman of prayer. Until one day, this couple steps into the temple holding this baby, and she almost fainted. And it's Mary and Joseph. And Anna goes, that's him. That's baby Jesus. The one I've been praying for for all these years. Supplication prayers. It's asking God for the miracle. And friend, I want to tell you today, God is still in the miracle business, amen? amen, and he's looking for a church that's hungry enough to ask him for it, that's hungry enough to go to him for it. I know that, that, that this nation is heavy on your heart today. Pray like it. Believe God for it. Pray for our leaders. Pray for those in high positions. Pray for our recording systems, and pray for lawyers, and pray for justice and pray for righteousness, if you have a burden and it's a big enough burden, it better be a prayer on your list. Amen? He goes on from there. He says supplications, but not just supplications. He says prayers. Here's my definition for prayers. Prayers is talking to God at all times and all ways. I love that thought right there. Talking to God at all times and always. One way to do this is by Praying in the car, amen. Praying on the, the way home, praying on the way there, praying in the shower, all right? Praying when you wake up, praying when you go to sleep, praying before you eat, praying before you sip a coffee, praying people, amen. I love this idea right there, talking to God at all times and all ways. Paul says, First of all, I urge you, supplications. And prayers. One way that I've been trying to put this into practice in my own life is in my drive out of my neighborhood. I've timed it. I have almost a two-minute drive from my driveway in my car to the little gate in my community, right? And I've recognized, okay, I need to seize this commute. Right? This moment from my driveway to my gate, I'm gonna take that two minutes to pray. And I'm gonna commit that time to prayer. And I've even challenged my son, Epaph, who's five years old, to pray with me on that time. What do we pray for? Will we pray for the neighbors. We pray for mom, <laughs> right? We pray for his friends. We pray for his teacher. We pray for his classmates. I'll say, pick a new classmate today. What's his name? What's her name? Let's pray for her. Hey, do you know who lives there? Let's pray for him. It's just taking that time to pray. The other day, I, I got called out by him, right? I took a phone call right as we were pulling out of the driveway. He's like, whoa, This is our time to pray. Right? We're raising up the next generation of prayer warriors. Amen? Amen. Right? Like, let's not just raise up play warriors. Come on. We need prayer warriors. We need young sons and daughters who have a heart for prayer. I just want you to look at your day. Schedule your time. Schedule your day. Schedule it in. Build it in. It says that Jesus would wake up before everybody else. He would go to a desolate place to pray. You say, well, what kind of prayers should I pray? Pray all kinds of prayers. Did you know that you could pray all kinds of prayers? We're actually commanded to pray all kinds of prayers. Let me show it to you in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. Ephesians 6 says it like this. The text says, and pray in the spirit on all occasions. That, does, you don't, that, that doesn't mean just the prayer meeting, right? Or else it would just say pray in the prayer meeting. No, he says, on all occasions, pray in the spirit. It doesn't mean you have to get on your knees, fold your hands, clasp them, and pray in a heavenly language with little angel babies floating around your head. No, it says on all occasions with all kinds of prayers. I love this verse right here. There's all kinds of prayers, amen? Amen. Sometimes you're praying for your family. Sometimes you're praying for lost people. Sometimes you're praying for yourself. Sometimes you're praying for your health. Sometimes you're praying for leaders. Sometimes you're praying for people below you. Sometimes you're praying for people younger than you. Sometimes you're praying for homeless people. Sometimes you're praying for the nations. Sometimes you're making intercessory prayers, supplication prayers, Thanksgiving prayers, prayers, amen. There's all kinds of them. Sometimes your prayers are requests. Sometimes your prayers are acknowledgments. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Just recognizing that God doesn't necessarily care quite how I pray as long as I pray. I think the only off way to pray is by praying self righteous prayers or proud prayers, where in your prayer you start to condemn other people and you start to boast in yourself. It's at that moment that you're, you're prideful. And God says he opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. That's why God wants to do more through humble people and praying people. Humble people and praying people. Get God's attention, and God comes down. Supplication and prayers. The next one is intercessions. I love this phrase, intercessions, right here. Supplications, prayers, and Intercessions, that God is looking for his people to be intercessors. What does intercessors mean? Let me give you a definition. Talking to God on behalf of someone else. Intercessors say, you know what, I'm going to go to God, I'm going to talk to him, I'm going to pray for somebody. Intercessory prayers. I see some of my Casella brothers over here. Your dad was an intercessor, man. I would get text messages from Peter Casella often that says, I'm praying for you interceding on my behalf. I have a church planter friend of mine who's planting a church in Pittsburgh, and every Monday he texts me at a certain time and he just says, "Hey, today I'm praying for you." And I noticed this was a rhythm, a pattern in his life. He goes, "Monday's my intercessor day where I pray for you." So man, I need that. I need to do something like that. I need to start scheduling specific times for intercessory prayer. Amen. If you're not intercessor If you're not interceding on behalf of others, you have to ask yourself, do I believe this thing? Do I believe that this God would hear my prayers and respond? There's a passage in the Old Testament in the book of Genesis that I believe teaches us about the intercessory God that we have in the Bible. It comes upon where a guy named Abraham, who is a man called by God, he's a prayer leader, he's a prayer warrior, he's got big faith where his his relative moves to a place called Sodom and Gomorrah. And Sodom and Gomorrah had been falling into all types of prayerless sin. They started engaging in all types of sexual sin and homosexuality and pridefulness and gluttony. They just wanted more of stuff for them. They didn't want more of God. They didn't want the God of more. They just wanted more for them. And so God says, okay, I'm going to blow y'all up. Just some... Just saying, all right. God's like, if you don't want more of me, well, in this case, for Sodom and Gomorrah, it wasn't going to end well. But the problem for Abraham was he had a relative who was living in Sodom and Gomorrah named Lot and his wife and his family. And Abraham has a heart for his lost relative. And so he begins to intercede for him. I love this right here. He goes to God and he says, hey, God, Father. Father. And God says, yes, talk to me. And God says, I'm about to blow up this city for their gluttonous sin pride. And Abraham says, but God, wait, wait, time out, time out. What if there's 50 people in the city that are righteous? Would you still blow it up? And God himself negotiates with Abraham. I'm still trying to figure out this text, Manu. Like, like God himself is talking back and forth with young Abraham. He's saying, okay, Abraham, if there's 50, I won't blow it up. But only if there's 50. The problem was there wasn't 50. So Abraham says, well, what about 40? And God says, all right, I'll do 40. There wasn't 40. He got 30. All right, let's do 30. There's not 30 righteous people in there. land. What about 20? What about 10? God, how about this? What if there's one righteous person in the land? God says, if there's one righteous person in the land, I'll spare it. The problem was the land was full of people who were prideful, who had forgotten about God, were looking at each other, wanted sex and sin and lust and more for themselves, had wanted nothing to do with God. And so God said, you can go and, and rescue your cousin Lot from this trial that they're ex- about to experience, or he's going to be a part of it too. So God in his kindness sends angels, right? to go rescue Lot and his family. All of this is from an intercessor. right? God says, I'll do more if you pray about it. Tap me into the game. For some reason, I don't know why, I can't describe it, I can't explain it, but for some reason, God has chosen to limit his activity to our prayers. Think about that for a second. God has chosen to limit what he could do the prayers of His people. That's why I really believe God wants to do more. He's going to do it through praying people, people who call upon His name and intercede for us. This word intercede is also found in the book of Romans. It says the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God, right this moment, friends, is interceding for us. How good is that? Right, that right now in heaven, you got Father God, you got Jesus, the Son God, and you got the Spirit of God interceding on behalf of Walk Church. Talking to God about you. Amen. Intercessory (laughs) prayers are powerful. Let us then go ahead and respond. What if you woke up later and you just said, God, who do you want me to pray for today? And then you actually listened. God started putting people on your heart. God started saying, okay, I want you to pray for your mom. I want you to pray for your dad. I want you to pray for your teacher. I want you to pray for your coach. I want you to pray for leaders. I want you to pray for your pastor. I want you to pray for your charge group. Go, go on your charge group thread and just start praying for everybody in the group. God's going to do more. If you wake up, you say, all right, I'm going to pray for everybody in my house today. If you wake up, you say, I'm going to pray for President Trump. I'm going to pray for Vice President Pence today. I'm going to pray for President-elect Biden and, and Vice President-elect Kamala Harris, and I'm going to start praying for Israel, and I'm going to start praying for Governor Sisolak, and I'm going to start praying, for, I'm going to start interceding, amen? What if our church just started interceding for all these people? I really think God himself is going to be like, what's going on down there? I like this church. They get me. I think God's love language is prayer. Like God loves prayer. He listens to prayer. This is the way you can tell if people are real or not. Do they pray? Right? You can find that in the Apostle Paul's story. I think it's such a fascinating story. Paul was Saul. He was persecuting the church. Ananias is sent on a mission to share the gospel with him and pray for him because he gets knocked down by Jesus and he gets blinded, and Ananias prays for him. And the word went out that Saul had became a Christian. And they said, how do you know? And they said, because he prays. That this was evidenced of his new faith in Christ. Intercessions go way beyond anything that we could do. This last part, right, we see supplications, prayers, intercessions, and then this phrase, thanksgivings. I love that right there, especially as we get closer to thanksgiving, amen? Right, we're getting closer to that time. This should be a great reminder that our prayer life should be filled with thanksgiving, that we should have moments throughout our journey that we just stop and we pray thanksgiving prayers. So like some of your prayers could be supplications. God, I'm asking you for the impossible. Some of your prayers are like, God, I'm just praying for myself today. God, I'm praying you help me focus today. Some of your prayers are like, God, I'm praying for the nations today. I'm praying for leaders today. I'm interceding today. Sometimes it's, God, I'm just going to write out a list, and I'm just going to thank you for everything on the list. See the different ways to pray? Or God, I just want to praise you, like that first song we sang. God, we praise you. We praise you. Right, this is what living looks like. This is what freedom feels like. This is what heaven sounds like. It sounds like praying people. It sounds like people who are just saying all day long, God, I want to thank you for that. I want to thank you for this tough circumstance cuz it's making me pray. I want to thank you for this good circumstance cuz it's making me see you even better. God, I want to thank you for the trials. I want to thank you for the joys. God, I want to thank you for it all. I want to thank you for this food. I want to thank you for your Bible. I want to thank you for gum. You made gum, God. I want to thank you for a phone. How, how does a phone even work? God, I want to thank you for it. I'm able to talk to people. God, I want to thank you for this screen. We, if we just went for an hour, we could find enough things to thank God. Come on, Josiah. You want to clap with me, bro? We just, I, you, you were doing a silent clap. I want to clap with you, man. I'm thankful for you, bro. I'm thankful for if you. Like if, you just, if you just start started doing Thanksgiving prayers for the people in your row, you'd do well. Amen? Like I, I'm, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for, for angels' baptism a couple weeks ago. Right? Amen? Yeah, t- two thumbs up. Right? I'm thankful for all that God is doing. Thanksgivings, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 and 18 says, this is the will of God for our lives. He says, rejoice always. That's hard to do. Pray without ceasing. That's hard to do. Give thanks in all. All circumstances, hard stuff in Christ, you can. These are these are issues of prayer. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. <laughs> Look at the person next to you and say, This is for you, man. For real. Like tell them, like, no, this is a word for you, sis, bro. This is like, like, hear me, church. And I and I know that our church. I'm just leaning into the moment right now. I recognize that we're in the first week of November and that our our country is divided when it comes to the political climate. And I know that in our church, we have people on all sides of the political spectrum, from Democrats to Republicans to confused, all right? (laughs) You're, You're in the house today. You're in the house. And this word is for you. You're like, well, what if I'm a Democrat? Well, this word is for you. What if I'm a Republican? Well, this word is for you. What if I'm confused? This word is for you. This is disciple making stuff. Because at the end of the day, if you're a Christian, you belong to a citizenship that's outside of this country. You're in the kingdom of God. And you're in the kingdom of God. And so, what do people in the kingdom of God do? They just rejoice and always. This doesn't look like the church, though, fam. Where is this stuff? Like we like, I promise you, you could go to Thessalonica today. It was filled with Greek, paganistic, mythological gods and leadership in kings that endorsed and embraced those gods. Paul is saying, just keep rejoicing and praying. God's got this? He does. So I'm here as a servant. Just to remind you, vote your biblical conscience. It's your civil duty. Stand up for the truth. Correct when things are done wrongly. I totally get all of that. Whatever side you're on today, just make sure you're on the side that you can still pray. And you can still rejoice. And you can still give thanks. In all circumstances. In all circumstances, friends, in all circumstances, because if you can do that, you're going to be in the will of God. How sad would it be for you to get your political agenda right but be outside of the will of God? As Christians, we want to get it right, no doubt. But even if it doesn't shake out how we want it to shake out, we still want to be in the will of God. Here's how you can be in the will of God. Pray, rejoice, give thanks, and trust Him, amen? Amen. Trust Him, amen? Trust Him, trust Him. Now you could say, well, I do all those things. How how do I know if I trust Him or not? Let me see what your prayer life looks like. Your measurement of your trust to God will, will, will will be a result of your prayer life. That's what it looks like to trust Him. So these are the four. Four different expressions of prayer. Supplications, God do the impossible. Prayers, all times, everywhere I'm talking to God. Intercessions, God, I'm talking to you about other people, not in a gossip way, but in a way that I want to see them get to know you better and get saved and see policies changed, right? If you have a burden for the unborn baby, which you should have a burden for that life, pray about it. And intercede for those who don't. If you have a burden about racial reconciliation and your burden that leaders don't talk about it enough, pray about it that they would. Amen. If, if if you're just struggling just with where to lean and land on this time, pray about it. Trust God. I was talking with somebody earlier this week, one of the leaders, and I said, "Prayer is how we fight our battles." We, we, we fight in the house of prayer. And our God leans in and listens. Interceding, thanksgivings. I, I saw my brother George over here. I, I love George's story about intercessory prayer. When George was in a coma for three months at a hospital, negative 5% chance to live, his mom was by his hospital bed daily interceding on his behalf, telling the doctors, You're going to see my son come to life, and then he opened his eyes one day. Come on, George, right? (laughs) Praise the Lord. Interceding (laughs) on behalf. Some of my single brothers in the room, start interceding for your future wife. Some of my single ladies in the room, start interceding for your future husband, all right? (laughs) Start interceding for your kids' kids. Start (laughs) interceding for Governor Sisalak. Start interceding for Mayor Goodman. Start interceding. we got to be an intercessor church. we got to go to the Lord and trust that he's good. These are the four. and Now, these four unlocked something in me. And I want to go ahead and tell you today that these four principles and these four expressions of prayer, and these four, th- these are just four options. So you can get creative with your prayer. And there's more. I think there's nine different expressions of prayer now I've been starting to count them. These are just four. But I love these four because it gives us creativity in our prayers. It gives us handlebars in our prayers. I don't want this to be a super scholarly, like really lofty sermon. I want this to be something that we can take and go do. Amen? These are those types of points here. And these points began to convict me. And I'm just going to be transparent with you here for just a moment. When we started our church, we wanted to be a church that valued prayer. We're almost done. And so we started a prayer meeting. We said on the first Wednesday of every month, this was before we launched our church five years ago, this this was six, seven years ago, we said on the first Wednesday of every month we're going to meet at this park and we're going to pray. And then we moved from the park, we moved that prayer meeting to the office that God gave us out of prayer. Then we moved that prayer meeting right here to the walk Warehouse. We had a fire prayer meeting this past Wednesday. We started doing first Wednesday (laughs) prayers here. And they've been so strong, but God convicted me and he said, if you want to see me do more in our nation, it's going to require more from you. And then as I was working on this sermon, like trying to figure out what that looks like, I began to realize four different types of prayer. Most months have four weeks in them. God, are you trying to call us to more? Will we move from first Wednesday prayer To every Wednesday prayer? My goodness. And so I'm excited. I'm honored and I'm pumped up to announce to you today that in 2021, starting on the first Wednesday of 2021, that first week in January, we're moving to every week prayer. Amen. Yes. I love that. We're getting excited about prayer. We're like getting excited about praying more. This is what church looks like. Amen. I see my sister Yoli right here. We were interceding for you, sister. It's so good to see you in the good house work. today. And we're going to continue interceding for you, and you are loved. Good to see you, Juan. Amen. There's people interceding for you, Sierra. Interceding for you, Chef. There's people interceding in this place. All around. We're already interceding for this baby Vossler on the way. Amen. We're interceding for this baby. I'm going to start, start pointing everybody out. I got to go. Right, But I'm excited because we're going to get to do all that. And maybe one Wednesday we just say, this is an intercessory prayer meeting tonight. We're just interceding for the nations all night. We're interceding for the city all night. And then another time we're going to just say, no, this is impossible night. Let's bring all the impossible supplication prayers and let's go for it. Some nights it's going to be, all right, all Thanksgiving tonight. We're bringing in turkeys and gravy. No, I'm just playing. Right? Yeah, that too. But... We're just going to do devote a whole night. Come on, let's just, let's just all pray about things we're thankful for and sing songs of thanks. God will meet us there. And so I'm super excited to do that, but I want us to do it together. I once heard this quote. It says, if you really want to empty a room, call it a prayer meeting. People don't want to show up for prayer. People don't, but, but, but God says, my house is a house of prayer. God says, if you go to pray, I'll meet you there. He says, you have not because you ask not. You didn't come to me. You said, I'll wait till the end to go to him when God says, start with me. First of all, I urge you, prayers. Let me see the verse one more time. I urge you that prayers, supplications, intercessions, um, and, and thanksgivings be made For all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, this is our calling. Your commitment as a disciple of Jesus, your commitment as a disciple of King Jesus should be to pray for those in authority. It doesn't say you have to agree. I looked at the different people on the ballot. I said, man, I don't 100% agree with any of y'all, but now I realize I don't have to. My calling is to do this. And then to do this, to lead a godly and dignified, peaceful, quiet life, because God says if you do that, this is good. And it's pleasing in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires for the people that you aren't for to be saved. (laughs) How wild is it that the people that you don't necessarily agree with, God loves those people. That God desires for those people to be saved, and he says, He would maybe do something if we prayed. So, I don't want to talk about prayer more than we actually do the praying, all right? So, let's just take a moment right now as we close this sermon and let's go to Jesus Christ who promises us to hear our prayers. Be still and know that I'm God. If my people, are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then I will hear from heaven I'll heal their land and I'll forgive their sins God we're coming to you in Jesus name right now come on everybody just come to the Lord right now say Lord we're here Lord, we're coming to you in Jesus' name. We're a praying church. We're a praying group of believers. We're in need today. We're praying for our country. Our country's broken. Our country's divided. God, millions of people are thinking one way. Millions of other people are thinking another way. God, we have double vision. We have division. God, we need unified vision. So God, even though it feels impossible for me, I'm going to ask you anyway, let it start with us. Tear down pride. Tear down sin, God. Replace it with grace. Replace it with humility, God. Replace it with love. God, I pray for the truth to to come out at the end of the day. And God, whatever the truth is, God, may that be clear because the truth will set us free. And God, regardless of what that looks like for our nation, whether that is Joe Biden or Donald Trump, God, we are going to promise to pray for them. We're going to commit to praying for them. We're going to commit to praying for their families. We're going to commit to praying for their administrations and their leadership. And God, we're going to even pray for the person who's not elected. God, we're going to be praying for their families. And God, we're going to be praying for their team and their life, God. We're praying for our city, God. We're praying for those who are in the courts and those who are in the systems, God, of law enforcement and legalities, God. We're praying for those who are broken and hurting right now, God. God, we have so much to pray for, and you have so much to listen to. And God, you desire it. You call for it. God, I pray for everybody right now that has loved family members that don't know Christ. Come on, just intercede on their behalf right now. You don't have to say it out loud, but just between you and Jesus, pray on their behalf. Jesus. God, I pray that this year, this Christmas season, more people would come to know you than ever before. God, I pray on this Thanksgiving season, people would be thankful for you God make us thankful make us hungry make us humble God come on I pray for more Las Vegas Raiders to come to know Jesus Las Vegas Aces to come to know Jesus more Golden Knights to come to know Jesus more Silver Knights to come to know Jesus more student athletes on the high school campuses and middle schools to come to know Jesus God, more administrators and teachers at Schofield Middle School to come to know Jesus, God. All around our lives, more people in our communities to come to know Christ. More charge groups multiplied. God, I pray for more homeless people to find homes. I pray pray for more couples and ladies to choose life when it comes to babies in the womb. I pray for more forgiveness, more grace, God. I pray for healing when it comes to the racial divide in our nation. I Pray for reconciliation. I pray for empathy. I pray for ears that are open to hearing. I pray for compassion at new levels. God, I pray for what you're doing across the globe. God, I, I thank you that you kept our, some of our family members brothers and sisters in the Philippines safe as those tsunamis were ramping up over there. God, and I just pray for the destruction that did happen in the city and that, God, there would be healing and that, God, you would help build back that city up and that you would use the the nation to come together in the Philippines. God, I pray for the brutality that's happening in Nigeria, God. God, I pray for healing and reconciliation, God. I pray for your truth to unfold. God, I pray for, for deliverance uh, and the brokenness in our nation with sex trafficking and child pornography and rampant sin all across our nation in secret ways, God. I pray that you would break the enemy's Strongholds, God, expose these things and tear them down, Jesus. God, I pray against the drug cartels in Mexico and the division that is so evident all around, God. God, I pray that you would turn Saul's into Paul's. I pray that you would take people that are against you and make them for you, God. I pray that you would turn this church into a praying evangelistic church. God, I pray for people in Las Vegas that don't know you to start coming to this house and getting saved. Even right now, if you're around a chair that's empty, set set your hand on that chair. Pray for the person that's going to sit in that chair. God, I pray that a person that has never met you would sit down in this chair and get saved. I pray for those who have heroin addictions, God that their addictions would be replaced with an addiction for Christ, with an addiction for your word. Even as my wife Nina prayed, I pray for those who are wrestling with depression and anxiety. God, I pray that they would get the help that they need and God, that you would be the one that they need. I pray for those who are lonely and that Jesus, you would inch up next to those who are lonely you would draw near to them as they draw near to you. I just sense that somebody has a neck pain. God, I just pray for somebody who has neck pain. Jesus, I pray you would release healing into their neck, God, right now. Release healing, God, into this place. God, I pray for our prayer meeting in December, that it would be full. And then, God, as we kick off the new year, that we would go deeper in prayer with you. Weekly, God, we would be here ready to pray, surrendered in prayer. Just as we sit in this moment of prayer, we're almost done, we're gonna close after this, but Vashan, if you feel led to lead us in a, a prayer of worship, that's why we're here.